Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, this is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats Wilander. This is Mary Carrillo. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to the Tennis Podcast. Well, it's half past midnight, uh, Czech Republic Prague time for Matt Roberts, and the Czech Republic have just managed to get the win. Of course, in the middle of the night, because that's what tennis does. Uh, and actually, even saying that, I think that that shows, Matt, that the event has pretty much got its scheduling about right, because they have gone to the limit. They've gone to the very final doubles rubber in a deciding tie break, and they are finishing only just after midnight. So it's not it's not too bad uh, as uh, late finishes go. Um, and yeah, really, Czech Republic against Germany was every bit the match that I think we thought it would be in terms of how close it has ended up being, even if maybe some of the score lines within it aren't completely what I would have expected. But that was, that's been a thriller, hasn't it? And, and probably what you, what you went to Prague hoping for. That's a very positive spin on the scheduling, David. <laughs> I mean, yes, I think you're right, I suppose. Um, they have been pushed to the limit and it is just about still a respectable time and the sort of time that tennis does happen. Um, <laughs> I I still think they've missed the memo from the Davis Cup finals a couple of years ago where six matches were scheduled in a day and it was too late, you know, it's possible that some more of these matches could have been longer and we could have been here even longer. It It is giving Madrid 2019. I have a very keen sense of deja vu at the moment with, uh, yeah, just the sort of energy lift throughout the day, the match involving the home nation being absolutely thrilling. As you said, that was... That was the highlight of the day, the Czech Republic playing at home. And then, yeah, tennis continuing late, late-ish into the night. Um, but yeah, the Czech Republic-Germany tie was was excellent and I'm sure we'll get into it. Yeah, well, let's let's start with it, I think, because that is the headline of the day. And it, it began with the most incredibly one-sided match um, in in the singles between Marketa von Drusova and uh, Andrea Pekovic. And I, I watched a lot of this match and I don't get many predictions right, as you know. <laughs> um, but uh, but it's, when, when von Drusova broke for 3-1... You called it. 
she suddenly started to hit a few shots that that made me look at her and actually reminded me of of the match I always think about in regard to her when she played Daria Kasatkina in Rome on the uh, Pietrangeli court and suddenly all the fans streaming out of the main, the biggest centre court there uh, had nothing else to watch. So they went and watched that. And they, I don't think they cared too much when they turned up. But by the time they left, they were all Marketa Vandrosheva fans because she just bewitched them with her tennis. She's so, so exciting when she's on. And, and I think she can serve up so much other dross that you end up sort of forgetting the highlights that she's capable of. And suddenly, I mean, look, Andrea Petkovic is a bit of a meat and potatoes tennis player. She is quite a stiff looking tennis player, an incredible athlete, finely tuned, gives everything all the time, has my utmost respect. She's one of the players I I like to listen to talk about the sport probably more than any other, but she is limited. She she has managed to get out of her career an incredible amount for her gifts, I would say, which are limited. She's got to top 10 in the world. But Vondrosheva has a completely other world level of talent. And there were just a few shots she, she hit past Petkovic, which Petkovic playing her slightly sort of paint-by-numbers tennis coming in behind an inside-out forehand, just watched as these balls were just flying past her when she had no answer to them whatsoever. And I, and I thought at the time, I think Van Drusseva could, could absolutely take her apart here, the way, the way it's looking at 3-1. And, and she did. She won the next six games. Um, and uh, and it, was, it was frightening to, to, to behold for Petkovic, who, who ended up looking really emotional um, t- towards the, the end of the match. And, I mean, I, I didn't really under, know what was causing the emotion, whether whether she was injured or whether she was just incredibly frustrated. But she was she was clearly upset towards the end of the match and, and the scoreline was, was, a, was a rough one for her to look at. Yeah, and I asked her about those emotions that she was displaying towards the end of that match because there was some chatter among the German press here that maybe she was injured. I think she's had a knee injury, relatively long-term knee injury that's held her back in the last few months. She's not quite been able to do the training she wanted to, but she did come into this tournament saying she was fully fit, finally. So I think some of the journalists were worried that there'd been a setback in terms of that injury, but, but she confirmed that wasn't the case. And she said it was actually anger at herself really, that manifested itself as as tears. And, you know, she was really emotional and she was annoyed that she couldn't play her best tennis on the most important point. She thought, I wasn't playing that badly overall, but when it mattered, I just couldn't couldn't get anything going and I felt powerless to do anything about it. I just didn't have it today when I needed it. And and absolutely, she credited Marketa Vondrosheva with playing a part in that in terms of not giving her anything... Um, being consistent and just being in all the games. So Petkovic had to work really, really hard for anything. Um, and mm. when you had Vondrosheva playing that well and Petkovic not playing as well when she needed to, you got a very one-sided scoreline. Yeah, that that made then for a very interesting second rubber because 
really I would say the highlight of the day and one of the one of the matches I was most looking forward to for the whole week was going to be Angelique mm-hmm. Kerber against Barbora Krichikova and it was fascinating to see them pop up their bios at the start of the match on the screen and you'd got Kerber who's played I think something like 25 singles rubbers and she'd sort of she was pretty 50 50 in terms of the wins and the losses and you got Krachikova who'd only ever played one rubber in her whole Fed Cup and now Billie Jean King Cup career and that was a doubles you know and yet here she was with the the weight of the nation on her really as the leader as you spoke to her yesterday and they were lining up against each other and really the the scenario was kind of perfect for Krachikova she was coming in in front of this crowd with a win already under the belt because Vondrosha had done so well and she could just sort of finish the tie right there and then. And and she got off to a flyer, didn't she? I mean, she she won the first three games of, of the match and then suddenly Kerber just started to dig in and, and extend rallies and do what she does. And she gets that look in her eye, a little bit like Andy Murray had tonight in, in the match that he, he had in Paris. Uh, he ended up losing a match for the first time in his life, having seven match points against uh, Dominic Kupfer. Um, but that sort of, oh yeah, this, I live for this kind of look in her eye. And, um, and she just dragged it into this, this, tiebreak in the first set which lasted well over an hour and uh, ended up losing the set did Kerber but it felt as though in losing the set she took so much out of critique of her that really the the, the job was kind of done there wasn't it because the I mean the second set I, I, I've rarely seen a match turned quite as dramatically as that. And and I think we, we saw, I think Krishikov was struggling out there. She did not look in a good way. I think you're right. I think she's got uh, a bit of an injury, actually, that it seems she's picked up on her right leg. Uh, she didn't want to go into too much detail about it in her press conference, but something is bothering her. And she wasn't really chasing down balls in that second set she did look fatigued on top of on top of the injury as well, based on what Kerber had done to her, as you describe in that first set. Um, it was trademark Kerber. It was classic Kerber. If you're going to show someone in twenty or thirty years' time, what was Angelique Kerber like as a tennis player? I would, I would, you know, there's lots of matches you could pick, but this this would make the shortlist. I think um, just relentless and just got sort of stronger and stronger as the match went on and she had to deal with an atmosphere as well you know I'm sure I'm sure we'll talk about the start of the day where the crowds were quite small but by this point okay it wasn't a huge crowd but it was a loud crowd and a very engaged crowd in this match they they had all their instruments and they were rooting for Krejcikova and she had this fast start and for Kerber to absorb that to respond to it to recover from it and then to win the second set, having had those chances in the first set, I just was full of admiration for everything she did. And by the end, there were lots of double fist pumps that we that we associate with Kerber. And you know, it was it was a reminder for me of why she's been one of my favourite players to watch over this last decade, really. Mm. You mentioned those horns that we were hearing <laughs> in the stadium. There's a great line from Laura Robson in commentary who just said when a close-up came of the German captain, Rainer Schuttler, and she just said, 
I think Shuttler's a bit over these horns now. <laughs> <laughs> he just looks so... He looked like he wanted to leave, to be quite honest, and go somewhere else for a, a little bit of quiet time, you know, read the paper or something in his own space. Um, I mean, what 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 is it like when you're, when you're in there? I mean, is it... Is it, it seems unrelenting, really. They don't seem to run out of gas, these fans blowing their horns. No, it, it's after every point, isn't it? It is unrelenting. It actually reminded me of the Fed Cup tie I attended. You were there as well at the Copper Box Arena in London when Britain played Kazakhstan and they had their own professional, I think he might have been playing the tuba, They'd sort of hired him, the Federation had hired him to perform songs and he was sort of doing um, Star Wars theme tune and all sorts. And the experience tonight in, in the O2 Arena in Prague put me in mind of that, someone skilled and willing to play that horn the whole night. And, yeah, I was a bit over it by the end as well, I must say. <laughs> you, you ended up, though, at the end of that second singles so it's one all between the Czech Republic and Germany in in the group of death as we've called it um and it was it was then that we're expecting the the crack doubles team of Katarina Siniakova and Barbora Krachikova to come out and win it for the Czech Republic but then you very quickly messaged me and said Krachikova is not playing how, how big a, of a shock was that within the sort of press room and uh, I mean obviously you know you got the locals there as well as people like yourself yeah absolutely there there was a murmur I would say uh when that news came through I think people were perhaps expecting it because of how Krachikova had looked in the singles um and Lucy Hodatska is a you know very experienced doubles player they do have have that extra person who can come in and she ended up combining with Siniakova and they won in a decisive tie break, a match tie break that they just got through it. And look, in the end, it's quite a statement from the Czech Republic to end up winning a tie against Germany without any points coming from Krejcikova whatsoever. That's a indicator of, of the depth they have in their squad and Marketa Vondrosheva today played like a number one. So they've got players in reserve, um, but it is it is a concern not to have Krejcikova in full force because she started the match so well. I think she was ready to embrace this situation and for her to be a bit derailed, I think, I think does, does open up the competition. Mm. But in the end, the Czech Republic managed to get through. That's, that's a big win for them. And I mean, much needed because there isn't, there's no room for error really in this group you've got to finish top for a start mm -hmm. haven't you to get through to the semi-finals Germany are incredibly strong Switzerland are the other team in the group we know that they are going to be a threat and uh, it, it is going to be fascinating to see what happens uh, over the coming days to see if anybody can stop the Czech Republic now that they've got that one win under their belts but I, I thought critique of her in her press conference was pretty guarded there about that injury and mm. That she's concerned. I it's think she was. She re, she said, "I don't. I, I don't want to say anything." But but she she clearly is worried. Yeah, hundred percent. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. So... What else happened today? What what else were the highlights? I mean, the, the other match we had in the evening session today resulted in a win for Spain. But I, I would say they were pushed a lot closer than probably I would have expected uh, at the start of the day. Not that Slovakia don't have good players, because they do. And obviously, Matt Roberts drew our attention to Victoria Kushmova, uh, some three years ago now, I think it was, Matt, um, as one of your ones to watch for, what was it, 2018 or 2019? I can't quite remember now. It, it, was, it was very specifically the 2019 Australian Open. Right, yes. <laughs> Hasn't quite happened as, oh, no. as maybe you might have hoped at the time, but you've kept an eye out and she got herself a massive win today over Carla Suarez Navarro. Um, Carolina Schmidlova then took on Sara Cerebos Tormo and really pushed her and, and had a right old fight. And then in the end, uh, the Spanish team came out on top in the doubles tonight. And so that's ended up being a very good win for them, I think. Um, but I think it shows actually that that some of the form, I mean, we, we've always thought, known this about team competition, that the form book for individuals can go out of the window. And it it feels like we're going to get a bit more of that this week. There's, there's some players who really do seem to grow a, a little bit out there uh, on the team stage. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe that leads us on to talking about um, the first tie of the day, which was France versus Canada. And in particular, the performance from Francoise Abanda, who is a player who's been around. She's she's 24 now. Um, she played her first pro tournaments in, in 2012 when she was 15. And, um, 
you know, I think by the age of 20, she she reached what has been her career high ranking of, of 111 in the world. So she has been around and in particular, she's done well in the Billie Jean King Cup in the past. Um, I think she's had five wins previously in this in this tournament and she got her sixth today against Fiona Farrow of, of France. And that's that's a really big win. I think it was a deceptive match because Fiona Farrow is the more well-known player, the higher ranked player. And yet it was her debut in singles in this tournament. And as I've said, Abanda did, does have quite a lot of experience in this tournament. And she also knows Fiona Farrow from their junior days. And I think she just felt very comfortable in the matchup. Um, Abanda isn't a player I've seen much of in the past, but she's pretty, pretty elegant, very tall, hits a very flat ball. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of talent there, but she hasn't played much tennis at all. This was only her 12th match since March 2020, since since the tours shut down. She's only managed to play 12 matches, and most of those at ITF level rather than WTA level um, because, well, she, she's, she's a little coy. She doesn't go into too much detail, but she had COVID, and I think that was a physical struggle for her and also a... a you know, in her words, a mental struggle. She she didn't want to get back out on the tour, so she hasn't played that much. Um, but just on this point of lower-ranked players doing better in this competition or players out of form doing better in this competition, she's a perfect example. And she said something today in, in her press conference which really crystallised something for me because I asked her straight up, why have you been better playing in this tournament than on the tour? And she sort of jokingly said, well, I've got a captain on the bench telling me what to do. And I said, oh, is that significant? I mean, is that is that the case? Does that really help you? And she said, yeah, but not only that, also having the whole team here, having the physios, having the support staff in the team. And, then, and it made me realise that, yeah, for someone like a, a band coming into this competition is seeing how the other half live on, on the tour all the time traveling with their big teams and getting access to, you know, the best coaching and the best physios. And she gets that in a competition like this. And I'm sure all of that does lift her performance. You know, I think we often talk about intangibles, like the magic of the competition or the spirit of the competition. And I'm sure there is a part of that as well. But a sort of real life practical thing, like having access to better coaching and having that support around her, she feels like that makes a real difference for her in a tournament like this. I've never mm. really thought uh, about that's that. That's fascinating. Before. I, I, yeah, I, I also do feel that tennis is just an incredibly lonely sport. Mm. Both out there when you're on the court yourself, if if you don't have a support team around you, or if you don't have a crowd, it can be. And and I just think the voices in the head when you're when things aren't going so well and all those sort of things. But then all the other stuff as well, the, the going out to dinner and, the, and the, 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 the long hours of waiting. If you don't have people around you, you've got your own voice in your head the whole time unless you are talking to people on Zoom or whatever it might be. But it can be incredibly lonely. You know, it's, um, I think people underestimate that, particularly on the lower rungs of the sport when you're not able to surround yourself with whoever it is you want or if you're maybe not that comfortable in social settings and um there's a there's a lot to it um but yeah she she got them off to a a great start i i i remember commentating on francoise abanda 
probably around about the sort of time you mentioned when she was a teenager. And, uh, you know, she, you'd come around to Toronto or Montreal, the tournaments there, and, and she'd be given a wild card and she'd play, but she wouldn't necessarily get a win. And, and you, yeah, I mean, the, this is this is a real moment for her to, to celebrate. Um, and so she's got Canada off to a great, great start there against, well, one of the favourites for... For, for the whole thing. And uh, Elise Cornet has pulled it back to one all. But in the end, the, the Canadian doubles pairing has managed to, to win this tie for them. And it's, it's an absolutely fantastic win. Dubrovsky and Marino beating Cornet and Burrell, 6-3, And I know, I know you, you were impressed particularly with Dubrovsky. But so tell us, tell us why. Tell us a little bit about that. But also, where on earth is Caroline Garcia, Matt? Because she is the player who was, I would have expected would have been playing in this tie. Yeah. So from a Canada perspective, this is brilliant you know really I mean I was so impressed with Dabrowski she's the number five ranked doubles player in the world and she feels like such a ace up the sleeve for Canada I don't think you know I've certainly not thought about what a big thing it is to have a doubles expert come in particularly in this new format where the doubles is the third match rather than the fifth match you know it's much more likely that it's going to be live I think and for her to come in, she just was a difference maker. Her her court sense, she knows where to be. She's got sharp volleys. She can put the ball in awkward spots for her opponents. She just is a brilliant, brilliant doubles player. And Rebecca Marino backed her up really well. She, I, I thought Marino played really well in her singles, lost to Cornet. And then, you know, her body of work today deserved a point. So I, I, I was pleased for her. And yeah, it's it's a really big result for Canada. Um, for France, I think a lot of eyebrows were raised when that team selection came out first thing. Um, even Fiona Farrow playing. I mean, you know, we know her. She's she's had some good results in the past, but she's not been in good form. And she's actually the lowest ranked of all the French players this week. Um, so that was a bit of a surprise. But then Caroline Garcia, absolutely where is she? Um, I asked Julian Benito. He was pretty vague. Um, he just said, oh, we'll see how she is. Um, so I was speaking to some French journalists and the upshot is Garcia is injured. She has a knee problem, which has been troubling her for a little bit. And the hunch from the journalist I was speaking to is that she won't play on Wednesday either. But Benito said in French that they didn't pick her today because they're doing everything they can to preserve her um because i think they thought canada was the weaker one in their group they've got russia as their next match i think benito was gambling and hoping that they would have enough with the team they put out today to beat canada and then to give themselves a chance to take on russia but it's just not worked out that way and they find themselves behind and it wasn't a defiant press conference from Julian Benito and the rest of his team. You know, they were still saying, you know, technically we've still got a chance, but their faces said it all. They were pretty glum um, and, you know, they're the defending champions and it just feels like such a long way away from two years ago, you know, where where they won the competition. Um, now they've had two years to wait to defend their title 
they've probably been the most outspoken against the against the format change. They're just in a little bit of a huff about it all, I think, is is how I would describe the sort of atmosphere around the French team. And yeah, I I'd be very, very surprised if they if they make it out of the group. In fact, I mean they could be knocked out tomorrow without even hitting hitting another ball if uh, if Canada beat Russia. Yeah. Well, fascinating, isn't it? Um to see all of the the various permutations. I mean, I'm I'm not the the biggest fan of round robin tennis, as you know. But uh, I mean, it is it is very interesting when you get a team that is still alive but is under enormous pressure because of the way they've had a loss or they've you know somebody else has had a massive win. And um, uh, yeah, it's going to be really really interesting tomorrow. The um, the other winner of the day was Belgium, and um, I mean. Very one-sided first match of the day with Greet Minnan winning 6-2, 6-2 against Irina Shaimonovic uh, of Belarus. And then a very, very good match. One of the matches of the day, actually, with Elise Mertens winning 6-2, 4-6, 6-2 against Alexandra Sasnovich. You may remember she beat Emma Raducanu uh, a few weeks ago. And, and that that was the sort of match that I expected it to be very close. And, and actually, Sasnovich was not too far away from turning that around. Uh, they got a doubles win, though, did uh, Belarus, which kind of... I don't know how, how important that ends up being. I mean, I suppose it depends how the other matches go. But, you know, just winning winning one rubber may end up being decisive, mightn't it? Yeah, it could be. And the Belgian captain, Johan van Herk, actually made a change to the doubles lineup. Even though they were 2-0 up, he put Elise Mertens in alongside Kirsten Flipkins in the hope of trying to win it 3-0. You know, he was going wow. all, he was going all out. He said we can't afford to slip up if we have the opportunity to play our best team we should um they then they then lost it to to Lapko and Sasnovic but yeah still still a tie win for Belgium so it's still in their hands i think they've got a they've got a really good chance they've got a sneaky strong team mertens being able to play both singles and doubles they've got Minnan, who's in really good form at the moment flipkins brings some experience you know australia's the other team in their group and they're playing them tomorrow, I think. And I would expect Belgium to go through that group. I think I think they're the favourites, thanks to the withdrawals that Belarus and Australia have have suffered. Yeah, you mentioned uh, tomorrow. What what else have we got? Because we've got uh, the first appearance of the United States of America playing Team USA playing for the first time tomorrow as well, haven't we? Yes, they are playing Slovakia in the. Let's call it evening. Um, <laughs> and what, what time is it there, Matt, now? 1 a.m. 1 a.m. Bring it on. Um, and then there's also Russia against Canada. As I said, a tough ass for Canada off the back of really gruelling matches today against a fresh Russia team with all of their players ranked in the top 50. And then the other match in the evening tomorrow is Germany-Switzerland. So another heavyweight clash in that group of death. Um, Again, tough for Germany to come back to take on a a Switzerland side, which is stacked with talent. Um, Just sort of it's it's at this point where you realise that the draw can actually make an impact when when all the matches are so close together. Are we expecting, I mean, we, we we alluded to it earlier on, that yes, great atmosphere in the evening session, particularly between Czech Republic 
and uh, uh, Germany tonight. But it was quiet, wasn't it, in those in those daytime matches? I mean, look, it's an early start to get all this stuff in, even finishing at midnight, past midnight. They're, they're starting at ten thirty in the morning. That's pretty early for for tennis matches to to get a crowd going, um, particularly if there isn't a home nation involved. And it was quiet. I mean, it is. Is that a how big of a concern is that to you in terms of the experience of of being there and and I guess the future of of, of this particular format of event which doesn't have home and away in the final stages and and do we expect anything different tomorrow? I don't think we are expecting anything different, and in fact, I think overall with the Czech Republic not playing now, I don't think they play again until Thursday. So we've got two days now without the Czech Republic. I think we're expecting, you know, sparse crowds really, and given the Czech Republic are not involved, probably not that loud um, crowds. You know, there's sort of pockets of support, but it's it's not the sustained uh, support that you get with the Czech Republic playing. Um, it does have an impact on the experience. I must say, it was uh, you know, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't a pretty tough scene hearing the national anthems in the stadium today with, I would say there was 150, 200 people in there to start with. And this is an arena that, that holds about 15,000, 17,000, something like that. You know, it doesn't, it just doesn't say premier competition that does it. And the French team got into their own little huddle when the national anthem was played, a little circle, I think to feel more connected to one another because there was no connection to the rest of the stadium. Um, and as you said, a big part of that is 10.30 on a Monday. Um, you're not going to get an electric atmosphere, absolutely. But perhaps that is a structural problem with the new format. You know, there's so many teams and matches that need playing in, in a week. You have to start some earlier in the day. I think perhaps fewer teams in these in these finals would help. I don't know. But yeah, I do think it's something that is a shame because... We've seen that this format can have positives. We saw it tonight. Czech Republic, Germany was fantastic. And generally, I like all the teams coming together in one place or lots of teams coming together. I I do think there's lots to be said for that. And I do think there's lots to be said for the doubles being elevated in this format, all of that. But the crowds are an issue. And we saw it in Madrid and we're seeing it again here. Mm. Well, we'll keep an eye on that and uh, see how it is tomorrow and report back for you what the what the matches are like as well. Matt will be there, will be in the press conferences. And uh, yeah, it's just really interesting to, to get the view of somebody who's on the ground um, each day. Uh, so we hope you have enjoyed being able to hear uh, a little bit of a flavour of what goes on. Um, now, a, a few people have asked us, particularly in the UK, how they can follow this and actually watch the action um, because it isn't being televised on one of the the main channels here in the UK. But you can watch a stream of it uh, on the, the Billie Jean King Cup finals website uh, which uh, i mean it, it, it's really good tv coverage um but uh, yeah you you can pay seven euros 99 for the tournament in order to stream the entire uh, tournament throughout the next week uh, if you'd like to do that that's that's how we've been watching it um and uh, yeah it's also on tennis channel in the united states and in a, a couple of other countries a tennis channel international carrying it in germany and, and austria i saw as well um 
so and there's loads of other channels around uh, around the world carrying it so uh, hopefully you get a chance to to see it um i think the action as the week goes on is going to be is going to be really good um so matt get to bed <laughs> i think you're gonna need it because it's another 10 30 start tomorrow um just a quick word on Catherine, who was presenting um uh, amazon prime videos coverage of paris today and uh, there was a win for cameron norrie for britain uh, against Federica Del Bonis as he still tries to catch the players in front of him and, and get to the ATP finals. Andy Murray, I mentioned, seven match points. That's more match points, we reckon, that he's had and lost a match from than in his entire career. Um, so goodness knows how he's uh, going to process that one tonight. Um, and uh, yeah, so loads and loads of good tennis uh, for us to all enjoy over the course of the next week. Our mascot today, or for this week, is uh, is Nelly, the uh, the lovely working cocker spaniel, uh, owned by Katie and Mike. Our executive producer is Chris Albert Lee. Top bloke he is. Uh, Billie Jean King is on her way to Prague. She still sponsors you, though, Billie Jean the dog. Don't you worry. Uh, Scouser, Mousel, Rogue, and Zeus are Catherine, Matt, and my mascots. Um, and yeah, we'll be back with another edition of the Tennis Podcast tomorrow. Thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, do leave us a nice huge review if you're enjoying the show. Uh, tell your friends if they want to listen. And I will speak to you tomorrow. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.